Welcome to Hannibal's Horny Abachi, a weekly dinner party where we watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's television show, Hannibal. I am Sonia, your friendly neighborhood true crime nerd. Let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hey, I'm Celeste. I'm a nerd, an artist, and I'm new to Hannibal. Hi, I'm JJ. I'm a local nerd, local filmmaker, and the Hannibal of the three. And since season two began with us drinking wine, this week's wine is Barefoot Pink Moscato, California you Deliciously Sweet. You can't go wrong street. with Barefoot. Mm. I think we're just going to keep drinking sweet sweet wine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a well, wine with That's booze like in it. That's like the only thing I drink anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Juice with booze in it, I mean. Oh. But, <laughs> wait, what is that? That's a sangria, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, that is. <laughs> Juice with booze in it. But anyway, this week we watch ta- uh, Taki Wasi. Which first aired March 21st, 2014. This episode could be called Mood Whiplash, the episode. Uh, Celeste and I sort of cheated this week uh, as we were hanging out at my house on Canada Day and waiting for the fireworks. When I was like, want to watch the next episode of Hannibal? Because I wanted to see her get upset. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Because <laughs> I knew what was going to happen, so I was just sitting there oh watching. God, she like, knew. <laughs> you were like, oh, she's here. I know the perfect plan. <laughs> Let's <laughs> upset Celeste on Canada Day. She's like sitting watching the fireworks like life has meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> it was not really cheating. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I was meant to watch it sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, Let's true. watch it together so we could support each other. <laughs> so this episode begins with Will and his brain creak. Fishing with Abigail. Now, that's well, really cute, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I wanted to bring this up. Abigail is completely different in his in her in her his memories than she is in real life. Like she looks, she is a lot more daughtery in this in his mind. Like she's a lot more cold, distant from him in reality. I find like because she's closer to Hannibal in the in season one because they share a secret. And I think he he's in love with a ghost in this case. Anyway, what do you guys think? In love of a ghost. It's more like because you know, you know, we always like knew they had like a father and daughter relationship. So I guess even now he still like thinks of her as a daughter. So is he? Is she growing in his head? I guess I don't know. Like, does he? Can, does he continue to have a relationship with her in his creek? <laughs> his brain creek. His brain creek. <laughs> That's what I call it. Well, it could be. I mean, there's nothing else he can do than like have these little fantasies in his head. Yeah, just pretend she's in a safe place now. But mm. she's a lot more childish in his brain creek, I find. Like, she's she doesn't act that way in real life. To me, at least. Like, that's the impression I get. Because I'm like, she's not like that. She doesn't real. trust him in real life. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I think he has been in in his mind, like living in the shoes of her father that he some of that is imprinted on him but mm. I'm like she hasn't treated you in any way that would justify you caring about her that much I don't know JJ's giving me a look like I don't know uh, I you know what I don't know like yeah it's like well you gotta remember too that he's in prison and he's got a lot of time <laughs> yes. so it's quite possible he's imagining all the things like what if things are different like what if just what if yeah, and that's probably and that's usually where a lot of um, fantasies like that come from. It's like, what if you know? What, oh, yeah, what if things sure. are different? And then you almost always want to picture happier things because he already knows the horrible things, mm-hmm. <laughs> and most of his time's spent trying to remember what Hannibal did to him. So this is pro- and it's in his little stream, his little river to go fishing. It's in his little mind's palace safe Brain spot. Creek. <laughs> so he <laughs> might as well. Birds. Enjoy it while he's there, and sometimes it's lonely, so he brought company. He brought Abigail. So. Yeah, I, I like thought the... he bought her, of all people, into yeah. his mind creek. Well, because she that? hasn't broken his her it's trust. She hasn't... He, oh. what was it was like, so, <laughs> but she hasn't broken his trust. 
the way uh, Alana, the way Hannibal have. Like, mm. she's the only one that still has... <laughs> also, if you hear something in the background that sounds like I a little hummy, that's sorry. the fan, because it's so so damn hot in Winnipeg this week, so... And I'm the only one with headphones, so I can hear everything. <laughs> that's why you're hearing me react. Normally not this noisy, I swear. <laughs> but I like how she is um, wearing similar clothes to Will. And, like, he keeps... It's fishing gear. Yeah. Well, she's wearing, like, the same color shirt and stuff. And, like, he tells her her dad taught her how to hunt and he's going to teach her how to fish. It sounds like our conversation from last season where I asked if we were serial killers, would, be, would we be hunters or would, be, would we be fishers? Mm. And it's really cool to see her be in that fishing role. Like, I still don't like this thing where he's like, name your lore after somebody you care about. And I'm like, that is lame. I'm just sitting there. Because I've never heard that before. But even though, you know, I haven't done a lot of fishing. That's the French. Oh, okay. (laughs) I can see now why sound people are always like, turn off the fridge. (laughs) First time I've ever heard that. You want to pause for a second? Yeah, that's the first time I've ever heard of such a superstition with fishing. But then again, you know, I've never done like, tons of fishing you just do the stuff you do like with camping and with family right but I, ha- I have a few times hung out with uh you know family friends in boats and they would fish and i've never heard that before so but i don't know well, I, maybe I live in they Manitoba. do maybe you should ask them next maybe time. Like, yeah. dear lord has a name of someone he loves yeah fishing superstitions is there such a thing i'm looking it up right now <laughs> oh, okay yeah i never heard of that either well, because it's like, um, it sounds like such a fanfic thing. That's why I didn't like it. Because it's something that would well, come up in a fanfic. I mean, a lot of people name, like, objects that they love, like cars. Mm. <laughs> like, supposed to give them luck, I guess. Name Once again, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not seeing anything coming up right now. But anyway, Tumblr, help us out when, once you get there. Yeah. The superstitions. Uh, super. The show created it. Go Maybe that's what they did, yeah. Eight weird fish in the Um, I'm seeing, like, you named your boat after your wife that just left you. I'm like, isn't that a bad thing? <laughs> well, that, that's one I do know. Like, if you don't name your boat, that's bad luck, apparently. Redheads are bad luck, it says. Um, Redheads. Bananas are bad luck fishing. <laughs> bananas? Never rename your boat. Man, I want to go on a boat just to, like, do all this that you're not supposed to do on a boat. I want to eat a banana on a boat. <laughs> Women are bad luck on boats. Oh, there you okay. go. For sure. Uh, okay, well. Okay, I can't find I want to pick all the rules. But still, it's a very lovely scene. I like the way the show opened up with it. It was very uh, tender. Well, I'm one of those people that doesn't like Abigail. Like, I, 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 every single time I see her, I'm just like, I don't know I just don't like anything that well, I guess I don't like anything the fandom likes in terms of anagram even though uh, I think we mentioned this last episode where we were talking about um, how I've gotten into space dogs fandom and I'm like mm. that's the only anagram I like because it's not really them it's not really I know right <laughs> that's right, kind of like a sweet story I like that <laughs> Well, at least uh, Devereaux's disease is Space Dog, Space Invader story. That's the one I really, really liked. I know how it's pronounced just because um, the Devereaux's disease is a shout-out to a Golden Girls episode. So when I saw it, I was like, ah, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes more sense now. (laughs) Uh, But I love when Bev is in uh, Visiting Will again. Mm -hmm. And she's like, um, they're talking about who who the killer is, like, who killed the judge, and, that was Be- a good scene. and Beverly's like, please don't say Hannibal Lecter. It's and Hannibal. Like, mm. 
And it just killed me. Like, I love how insane people are thinking Will is because if you forget that Hannibal is the killer, Will is focusing on this upright citizen who, despite being accused of something terrible, is still trying to be friends with his accuser. Like, what an amazing guy. Like, he's such a good guy. And he probably donates a lot of money to the symphony. Like, like, to the arts, probably. Yeah, imagine Hannibal's not a serial killer. What would you think of him? He's a good guy. He's like if not a little hoity-toity. Yeah, he's a little like uh, like this would be us discussing like him <laughs> at like a library fundraiser or something, and we'd be like, man, that Hannibal, really handsome guy, kind of uh, pretentious. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of got a stick up his ass, right? But it is a nice ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I described that. Why does he get that? Like, why, that, why does he wear those things in his his pocket, like those pocket squares? What the hell? Where does he get those? I don't know. But he donates a lot of money to the library. Yeah, he's definitely like, the kind of guy you don't go up to and like make small talk because he's like in his own world. Mm. Yeah, he's like royalty. But you would probably shit yourself if he came up to you and was just like, <laughs> "Hey," and you were like, "Oh, I'll be a stirring mess." Like, um, <laughs> <we're> like oh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Well, you know. <laughs> well, I would be, like, uh, this would probably be coming up if I was still in psychology, because, like, if I went to medical school for psychology, he would be the type of person you would meet at, like, networking events and stuff. Like, oh, like probably. Especially if Baltimore is the same, is a similar size to Winnipeg, where the community is so small, hmm. you would run into him and, like, like probably he'd criticize my work or something. <laughs> but, probably. But it's still funny to think about, because, like, if you just think about it, Beverly only sees Hannibal as this good guy who is still trying to be friends with Will, despite him thinking that he's a killer. Like, I, I really like how they play that, because you can see how Will has been screwed over by Hannibal, but you can see that how pe- other people see Hannibal. Like, it's mm. not... Why he looks crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he looks Hannibal. insane. Because <laughs> he's so, like, you had an ear in your stomach, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, you look crazy. <laughs> you had hair in those lures you're using, like... Oh, but speaking of that scene, I just want, I made a little note here for myself. It was funny because, again, as I said, I watched the show on my laptop on Netflix, and I made a note here between two minutes and 45 seconds and three minutes and ten, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) There's shots that, uh, there's a a lower shot through the, through the bars looking at uh, Beverly, and then there's a shot through the bars looking at Will, and for the life of me, I was like, what the Frick's happening because if you watch that scene, that it's going like this, it's shaking. Did nobody else see that? But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I was just like, "Hey, why'd you go handheld there? Stick to sticks." Because sure enough, it it, it intersplices in between. Um, like I swear, the camera's sitting on sticks. You know, just really steady, and then it starts shaking again. And I'm like, "Stop that!" <laughs> Do you think there's, like, a reason why they did that? Uh, the only thing I can think of is they were just trying different stuff to try and, like, build a mood, I guess. Because mm. when you put when you go handheld, um, that does create a mood of, of urgency or... Uh, Realism. Real, or just something's unsteady about something. Yeah, they use, uh, in the movie Children of Man, uh, which is about uh, a society where children are no longer born, a lot of it was shot handheld to show how horrible it would be to live in that kind of society where you knew the human population was going to die down. And the final scene is like all one shot, uh, like a one shot of uh, the guy going to save the the girl with her with the only baby that's been born in the last like like in the in the space of the movie it was born yesterday. Mm. And so it was really cool to use that. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're just pouring. <laughs> But moving on. But yeah, I was just saying, like, yeah, that whole, that just that took me out of the, sh- the show 
briefly just because I was like, what the hell's going on there? And I go, I'm sure there's an artistic reason for that. Or it could have been, they, it was just a pickup shot. It's possible too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on a practical side, it was probably maybe just Just like shots. a filmmaking talk. It's like, it was probably a pickup shot. Yeah, let's, like, just, uh, let's just do it one more time because that first bit or the sound was shitty for whatever reason. For all you know, it's a very practical reason why it's why it's there, but yeah. Artistic reason. Me as a filmmaker, it pulled me out very briefly, but I'm like, you're lucky when, I've watched this show already. I hate when that happens, like, um, I can't remember what movie it was, but I, um, I remember seeing the boom in something, and like, oh, yeah. Um, is it like a dancing movie? I think it was probably that. I have seen a movie, like, me and my sister went to a movie, like, maybe in, like, downtown area, like, the Town 8. Mm. It was, um... Oh, shoot, I forgot what the dancing movie is, but they, it's, I guess it's, like, an unedited, like, like, fully proof movie, and you see, like, the boom, like, the mic <laughs> in the corner of the movie here and there, and me and my sister's, like, just laughing away. I was like, this is not real. They did not release this movie <laughs> to the public. Yeah, well, because it, it takes you out of it. It kills the magic in it. Like, it really I don't know, does. there's a scene in, um, they sh- the way they shot Pee-wee's Big Adventure is, like, uh, they... The way they, they broadcast it on TV is not the way they shot it, so you see a lot more of the frame. Mm. So there's a scene where Pee-wee's pulling a huge chain out of his bike lock to lock his bike up, but you can see the chain being fed through a hole yeah, in the Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, that too. I hate that. It's like, it just bugs me. It's like, damn it, couldn't they do it better? But, uh, but it's just like, it's a nerd thing. It's a, thing. well, I'm, when I took a film class, when I went to the university, like, years ago, um, I remember the, the professor, like, told everyone, like, once you, like, notice, like, you know, like, when you know, like, the camera angles, you know, pan right, and, like, you, like, start to wonder, like, what is, like, the person thinking when they handle that camera? And when you watch a movie, you're, like, thinking, like, what were they thinking when they pan right, or, like, when they did this shot and this shot, and kind of, like, ruins it for you? Yeah. <laughs> is, is that, that true? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah true. like, like uh, most of the time, if I really enjoy a movie, I will see it two or three times. I will see it the first time just to enjoy the story learn about, like, oh, look at these characters, blah, blah, blah. Then I'll watch again and start paying attention more to, like, uh, okay, why do we uh, do these kind of camera angles? Why did we fade here? Why is it a quick cut shot? You know, did we get a wide here? You know, is this just, <laughs> yeah, then I start thinking technically. And then some. if I really love it, I will see it three times and then just put all that knowledge together and enjoy it. Yeah, that's how I feel, too, because, like, um, ever since I became a filmmaker, sometimes I, I have no sympathy for bad movies anymore. Because, like, if I can... if for, for a 40 grand budget, if I can deal with continuity errors, damn it, you and your, like, $20 million movie can focus on them, too. Like, damn it, <laughs> you're showing no pride in your work. But I, I love being able to wonder about why they chose certain shots, because I recently watched Get Out, uh, which I really mm. liked. Mm. And there's a scene where he's first meeting his girlfriend's parents, and it's one static shot of them from outside. And they, like, they don't even go in. They just keep watching the house. And it looks yeah. like he's going into a cave or something. And I'm just like, why did they choose that? I was just, like, thinking, being all, like, a <laughs> film uh, professional. Hmm, I want to do that, but I think I could get lost. And I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> but anyway, moving on. So our first kill this episode is the guy in the honey. Looking like a very macabre when he's <laughs> So gross. It's funny, because um, when I watched this of Sonya, she, like, know like all my reactions so like, she sees me like cringing in the corner of her eye <laughs> did you hear me like, yeah, it's like oh. <laughs> it was so it was gross, gross. yeah i hate seeing when eyes are taken out like eyes being taken out mm. of someone's face that freaks me out like oh, i don't yeah, like the sure. way it looks it's like mm. so gross 
But I, uh, one scene I really liked was Will and, Ch- uh, Will and Chilton snarking off in the prison because he's trying to convince him, he's trying to seduce him into being his sole psychiatrist, right? Because yeah. he's like, okay, Hannibal can't know what's going on because I'm on to him. So let's team up with this asshole and see what happens. Because <laughs> I think he's probably using it as an end game too because like, uh, he's like, I know Chilton's going to talk. So I want to give him the wrong information. But I just like how Chilton is like so tempted. You can see it in his eyes that he's like, oh my God, the book sales. He's like easy pun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he thinks he's smarter than he is. Yeah. And it's like really obvious. (laughs) But it's still so sweet because I'm like, aw. You're just thinking about it being on the New York Times bestsellers. Yeah. Like it's so weird too because like when I first watched the show, I had like no pity for Chilton. But that's because I had a lot of like uh, the movie. uh, Movie Movie Chilton, Chilton in my head. And then now on this, uh, I think this is my third rewatch, um, I have nothing but pity for Chilton. Yeah, I like you poor. This happens to him. And I noticed uh, the actor, too, like, actually playing Chilton. I'm like, you're, you're doing a very good job because I have, I have sympathy for you, but at the same time, I think you're also kind of charming and handsome <laughs> in your own nerdy way. <laughs> well, the Chilton, in, um, the Chilton in the movies is the reason Hannibal escapes in mm. Silence oh, of the Lambs. Because Chilton in Silence of the Lambs, there's a scene where they're looking through Hannibal's stuff and he leaves a pen behind and Hannibal notices it because there's this like lingering shot where he drops his pen on the bed and leaves and Hannibal's like tied up in the chair, tied up in the gurney and he's watching the pen. Like he's mm. like, okay, no one's going to notice that. And then he escapes the handcuffs with the freaking pen. I think that's yeah. how it goes. I can't remember. I'm yeah, uh, he broke off the, the, the little clippy pit on the top of the pen. And then use it. To and he swallowed it, and then he regurgitated it, and used that to take up the handcuffs. Oh wow, it was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah, it's like Chilton's fault. And at the end of Silence of the Lambs, he's going after Chilton. Oh no, wait, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, he's going after Chilton at the end. And I was like, aw, he's gonna kill Chilton. I hope he gets some like uh, some Italian food before he dies. <laughs> but I I also love that bit of when Will's gonna lean against the the cell and <laughs> yeah. Chilton jumps away. Oh yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> that was pretty cool because I'm like, oh yeah, Will is he is for in prison yes. right now. <laughs> but um, so we come to the heart of the show. I fucking love Bella Crawford. Like, uh, like Bella Crawford is the best part of the show to me. I like in this rewatch, mm. and and it's not just because she's pretty, but just because <laughs> I really wish she had a better lot in the universe of the show. Yeah, like I feel bad for her. Like she discusses how the best case scenario for her cancer treatment is long term pain management, and like what kind of life is that? Like she's gonna be lying in her bed all the time. Uh, stuff full of like oxycotton or something and she's gonna be rotting in front of her family mm-hmm. basically because like i was discussing this with uh my homie uh sage uh, earlier about uh what were we discussing we were talking about um we were talking about whether or not i get a mastectomy if i if i develop breast cancer and i'm like yeah totally like i just chop them right off <laughs> so, and he's like really and i'm like yeah they're just says the same thing yeah. when I went out with her in Canada because we were like at dresses she's like you know I'll, if I had like the money I'll probably like take away my boobs and just like buy whatever I want <laughs> uh, on the side I was like I love my boobs <laughs> <laughs> and I want to get rid of them well there's this horrible thing uh, I was reading about that a lot of women who develop breast cancer and do get like uh, unilateral mas- mastectomies where one breast is cut off they end up their husbands end up divorcing them because of the loss of that oh. and I was like what kind of Wow. <laughs> and so it's a, it's really hard because I had a friend who had breast cancer too and like the idea of that happening was really hard for her to take and I'm like why though like would you 
Like, I'd rather... What an asshole. I know, like, that happens a lot, apparently. And so it just bothers them, because it's like, you're going... Did he, like, get with her just for her boots? Yeah, it's like, what the hell? Like, it's like that horrible thing where the where the kids were wearing those bracelets that said, like, save the boobies. And I'm like, women are more than boobs. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, it's just a hard thing, because I guess it's the same thing with... Ex- well, it could be similar to testicular cancer, where men are, like, losing testicles and stuff. Not the same way, because women are so sexualized, but... Yeah, it just bothers me because it's, um, cancer isn't just, like, cancer. You lose a lot of stuff in the process of it. Mm. Like, luckily, luckily I've had no family who have had such significant treatments in terms of being treated for cancer. But it's still such a, like, the cure is almost worse than the disease in in a lot of cases. Mm. Like, our friend Roxanne, um, Roxanne Whitebeam did a documentary on her her breast cancer treatment. Yeah, Yeah. uh, called, uh, Thunder Blanket? Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. It's on CBC Docs if you want to see it. Also, J- uh, JJ's movie's there too. Check it out. <laughs> but yeah, she was talking about losing her hair and how people didn't think she was as sick as she was saying because she would wear makeup all the time. And so there's this beautiful scene where she shows herself without her wig or her makeup and she's like, just, she's like, basically, I don't know how old she is. I don't want to guess. She's in her late 20s, I think. And she looks like she's 40. Mm. Like, that's how bad it was for her. And I was just like, whoa. And, and she and she was having the opposite effect with some of the chemo with uh, sort of losing weight. She's, she's gaining, gaining it. Yeah. So that was another reason people thought she was faking mm. it because you know t- typical patients usually lose weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she was. There are the percentage that gain it. So which is probably good in terms of health. Like at least she'd have strength for that. Like I don't know about like gain, where people gain weight, but it's still like it's such a hard thing because you're like dealing with family pressure. You're dealing with being sick all the time and you're dealing mm. with people not thinking you're sick and so I can understand why Bella would want to die on her own terms mm. because like would you want to live in a live in a where your best case scenario is like I'm gonna lie in a bed all day and like press the button for the morphine like mm. that's gonna be her life at a certain point and I'm like okay I kind of agree with her like let her die on her own terms what I found interesting in there too when she's talking to uh to Jack about it she says I updated my uh, uh her uh, living will well, whatever it's called. And she said, I added a DNR. And I thought to myself, you know what, because my mother's a nurse, no one had to tell me what that meant. <laughs> and then I thought, in the show, they actually don't tell you what that means. Yeah. Like, it's just... What does it mean, Jane? Do not, not resuscitate. resuscitate. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I've heard that a few times, uh, going to hospital for people. So, naturally, I know what it means. And I've had to deal with cancer in my family. So, like, it was really weird. This part, like, this might, like, like I said, the first few times I watched the show, didn't really feel too much... This time around, I was like, it was all the feels in this episode yeah. with, the, with the cancer stuff. And I thought to myself, well, I've had that odd package of two people who, uh, well, my late brother has testicular cancer, but that was discovered and he was gone within a month. So mm-hmm. we had no time to deal oh, with wow. any of that, really, other than he was gone. And then with my dad, we found out that he had early signs of prostate cancer, but very early. So we caught it, did the surgery. So far, he's fine. So it's really weird. Like, when, when I hear about the cancer stuff, that's why I don't really, like, talk about it too much. Because I haven't had to deal with any of the chemotherapy stuff. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that when people talk about getting cancer, that's all. The hair loss, the, mm-hmm. the treatments, and blah, blah, blah. No, I haven't even had a chance to even do any of that. So it's like, not that I want to. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. 
So I just thought the I just thought that was interesting that this episode's like wow, I'm getting so many feels in this episode. Well, it's such a heartbreaking <laughs> thing because you never mm. see this part of the of the cancer treatment. You see like the the pink flags and people like with bald heads mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. battling yeah. through. That she's like, for lack of a better word, she's given up. Like mm. before, like she's even started. I think that's where the conflict comes from with Jack. Is Jack doesn't want her to give up. Jack wants to spend as much of her much of his life with her as he want as he can. But at the expense of her quality of life, I guess is yeah. a good word. I don't know. I don't know why we got into like a debate. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, we're just talking about the show, you know, like because of all the themes that are like I said, like that's what uh, one thing I don't like about this episode is the whole bees. Yeah, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of there. I feel to fill time and just something for uh, just to uh, process science to do. <laughs> like it is interesting. It is kind of cool. Like it's kind of weird how that guy, that second victim, is like a walking zombie thing. Sure, that's all cool. But the but heart is Bella. The heart is like yeah, the cancer part, and then uh, the cool part with uh, Will remembering everything. You know, so it's like yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was gonna add too. Like I liked how uh, Will's getting the truth serum stuff in his arm. And I always thought to myself, that looks like fun, but also like fucking scary. <laughs> what would you say under that oh, stuff? Oh yeah, for sure. It's like, I drink five Coke zeros a day. <laughs> so you don't need to put that in my arm for me. Just give me like three glasses of wine. Relaxed environment. I'll tell you almost anything. But the most important part of that scene with Bella talking to Hannibal is that Hannibal tells her that death is not a defeat but a cure, which plants a seed in her head, which is what I wrote. What a dick. Yeah, but according to, uh, but I really like the BF part of this episode because it lets Jimmy Price shine because I, I love how adorable he is when when uh, Jack tells him, like, I told the cops to get an exterminator out here to kill the bees and who co- who canceled that? And yeah. Point Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. And I love like, bees. Bees are Aww. cool and bees are endangered people. Like, mm. so F Jack for wanting to kill them because if they go, we go with them because oh, like, yeah, they pollinate sure. the food. So damn it, Jack, get your. <laughs> but in. <laughs> Is that true, really silly? That I learned that from the B movie. <laughs> Before the whole like, B movie. I thought that was such a happened. cute movie. My husband was watching that with me recently. Just because I was just putting it on because I was falling mm-hmm. asleep. Anyway, and uh, that part where they're flying in for their graduation and pomp and circumstances playing in the back. <laughs> and that's exactly what he says. Quite a bit of pomp under the <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> and my husband's like, is that what that song's called? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I so I stirred up when he was jazz. graduating. <laughs> they play it. That's when they played it. And you could just see him just like. Mm. <laughs> see, movies are important, people. You learn things. No matter oh, how silly. God. Exactly. But bees are cool. I really like bees. I think my next tattoo is going to be a bee. Really? I just love bees. Yeah. Well, I'm also really considering my red dragon tattoo because I really want that freaking tattoo. Cause well, so cool. really we should just it. like make a date, same date, same place, and just go get tattoos done. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I want my friend uh, Amanda. Shout out to her. She's always Alice on Twitter. Uh, I want Amanda to write it because she has really good calligraphy skills, and I'm like, I want her to write the the lettering that says like "Save yourself, kill them all." What if we like all get like H tattoos? So it's like H H H. Like, he's not saying, like, he keeps saying, yeah, like, Hannibal's the killer, but he's, like, leading her to things to say, like, okay, this will prove it. Yeah. And so he's, Find like, the evidence. he's, like, tell, he tells her to look for this, for his signature in the mural killer's display. 
which is something I really like because I'm he's not like saying like damn it Beverly believe me like mm. believe me with absolutely no evidence. <laughs> it's like, but it's really cool. Oh, I wanted to look up the truth serum thing. But yeah, the truth serum being used on Will is probably the scariest bit of this episode. Mm. I say that repeatedly. Really? I say that at least three really? times in this episode. <laughs> you said that's the scariest? Up until this point, okay, it's the scariest okay. <laughs> <laughs> we know I gotta give coming. you a look for that. But I really love the scary music, which was freaking out Celeste and I while oh, we were yeah. watching the oh, episode. Because yeah. my AC was on, which is old and loud, <laughs> and so we had the volume on full. So when Will begins remembering <laughs> Hannibal's antics while he was unconscious, like, the the music was just, like, bursting loudly, and you could hear the, the sound of the strobe light, and we're like... That is scary. And we're like, turn it down. Me and Sonia too. When like the Neo went into like the real skin. Yeah. And you see, you see the return of the scary drawn clock, which jumps between Mm. Will's distorted clock and what the clock should look like. I really love that. And Will inducing seizures in Will and ends up turning his face into some sort of like Like alphabet soup of humanity. It's like one eye in the middle of his head. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. That was freaky. I just love that scene. And the thing with the show too is I have a newborn fear of flashing lights. Yeah. I never used to care. You know, like whatever, right? Flashing light. Yeah, it looks like I'm animated. (laughs) But... Now, whenever there's flashing lights, I close my eyes or I look away because now I have a newfound fear that I will get a seizure. Oh. Like it's it's really dumb and unfounded. Uh, my late brother had uh, epilepsy, so he had seizures. Mm-hmm. So I know what they look like, and I know, you know. So I have a weird thing about it. Anyway, so I asked my mom about it. I said, "Is there any way that I could get seizures?" She goes, "No." <laughs> I'm like, "Are you sure?" And she just and she looked at me like, "Pretty sure." She goes, "But she goes, I don't know what will happen to you in the future." She goes, "But." I'm pretty sure. But yeah, now I'm like, still have this really mm-hmm. innate fear now. Like, if there's any flashing lights, I'll close my eyes or look away because it's just like, I don't want a seizure. Understandable. Hmm. I can understand that, I guess. <laughs> in this show, that if, if, if anything scared me in this show, that was that. Well, do you <laughs> the get, flashing lights. Well, do you get like sort of uncomfortable when a flashing light is in front of you? Like, I remember they used a flashing light, uh, a strobe at uh, Rammstein when I saw them. Yeah. And it was just making me really fucking uncomfortable because I was just like, Everybody's moving in a weird way, and you're like, oh, yeah. You just have to shut I your eyes. Like fascinating. Yeah, it's like really creepy, but still, it creeps me out. Well, like I said, it used to look cool to me, but yeah, now it's just uncomfortable. Because of Hannibal, or, <laughs> or just in general? Actually, it's because of the show Hannibal, actually. <laughs> now I'm just very afraid that it will indu- it will for sure induce a seizure mm-hmm. if I look at it too long. So. Well, I think in his case, it was probably um, a combination of the drugs. Well, it was, and, it, it yeah. was a combination of the drugs and his encephalitis. That's yeah. a reason like that he says that, but still, I'm like... <laughs> like, oh, maybe I have encephalitis. <laughs> like I said, it's a little unfounded why, I, why I'm scared of it, but nah, I don't know. So I silly. Related to earlier, I looked up truth serum. Uh, it weakens the resolve of the subjects and makes them more compliant to pressure. The barbiturates as a class decrease higher cortical brain functioning. So they 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 mess with the frontal lobe of your brain so that your your higher functions are a little bit less. Some psychiatrists hypothesize that because lying is more complex than telling the truth, suppression of the higher critical functions may lead to the uncovering of the truth. Uh, the drug tends to make subjects cooperative with interrogators. However, the reliability of confessions made under sodium pentothal is questionable. Hmm. Uh, 100% guaranteed. Well, it's like that uh, scene in Red Dragon. Like, we, we filled Hannibal. <laughs> well, now I'm going to try and find the scene and see if I can 
listen to this music that you guys are talking about. Oh, okay, the scene with the true serum, where he's just like, is something wrong? It was very unsettling. Yeah, it was like, um, you remember the, you remember, uh, what was it? There's a... level of unorthodoxy, oh, does Hannibal Lecter possess those tools and skills? Home. Well, there's a scene in the show where um, the Joker's theme is that sound like a a siren approaching you. It's Mm -hmm. like... Sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that freaked me out because uh, I remember I saw it in the IMAX and they kept playing that song in the bathroom. I'm like, why are you playing this song in the bathroom? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't really like the IMAX. It's like so loud and I'm jumpy. Yeah, it's like, uh, I remember once uh, my sister and I went to see St- uh, The Force Awakens in uh, the D box where the seats move. Mm. She, when I went to the bathroom, she turned my seat on a high. So, mm. when, <laughs> <laughs> so when that scene where uh, Poe is uh, saving uh, Han. Uh, Finn and Chewie at uh, at the place I can't remember. Anyway, when Finn's flying in, uh, the seats were just moving around. Oh, oh okay, <laughs> oh that's amazing. Like, that's an amazing prank. <laughs> I was like, "Jeez, you turned it up to high." But it's like, yeah. <laughs> right, let's see if I can find this part. Is Chilton starting to believe Will? Uh, I didn't get that impression mm. at all. I would say yes and no. Like, it certainly made him, like... Hannibal's doing something. Like, uh, like uh, it just made him, I think, reassess his current behavior or his interactions with Hannibal up to now. Mm-hmm. And went, huh. Like, he, maybe he's on to something. Like, maybe, like he, I don't think he full-on believes him that Hannibal did everything but certainly probably played a part in something yeah he, can't, he doesn't know what he's not smart enough to figure out what but just up to now he reassessed all the behavior and went huh because like uh didn't he tell hannibal tell him that like using of using this would uh be unethical and like he implied that he would never use it yeah unethical unorthodox you know psychiatric behavior yeah like i think that yeah that whole conversation like he's playing with hannibal saying like i know something you don't know but at the but same time it's like, like hannibal knows he's like yeah because hannibal's face when he's accused is yeah, like the perfect like, definition of like bitch please what are you talking about it's mm. like Ugh. <laughs> hannibal knows and Chilton's gonna be like somebody's like salad soon <laughs> but i love the sweet interaction between bella and jack when they're getting high on the medicinal devil's lettuce <laughs> but i can't i can't um, it's called pretty, purple kush <laughs> i am pretty straight edge uh, when it comes to drugs because i ha- as i've said before i have a depressive disorder and so i take a lot of medication for that that can conflict with like the psychotropic effects of um, of weed so i don't and i don't really like the smell of it <laughs> so mm. like, it is really gross. Yeah, it's like, I've never tried it, but mostly because I've always been on um, a depressing me- medication since I was, like, old enough to possibly take on the devil's lettuce, which I love calling it that. It's just funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is, like, I think it's really sweet that, like, uh, but it's just a personal thing. Like, I don't like weed, so. But if you do, cool on you. Cool on you. <laughs> but um, anyway, I know I, 
I, I feel that Jack constantly bringing up new treatments and his lust for her life is alienating him from her. Like, I think it's ruining the last few moments that they have together. and Which would explain the rest of the episode. Yeah, she knows that she's going to die, and he can't accept it. Maybe because he sees her uh, sees it as giving up. Like, she can't, he can't let her give up. And, but I wish he could have let Bella do what she wanted, and they could have spent that time together. Well, I kind of, like, see Jack's side. Like, yeah. if I have someone that I love, and I see them giving up, and I, like, love them so much that I want them to be with me still, then I, I kind of understand. But then again, like, Bella doesn't want to go through, like, the whole, like, painful... Yeah, she doesn't want him to be hurt by mm-hmm. what's going to happen to her. So I see both sides. But it reminds me, um, so uh, my grandma died when she was, like... 65 so pretty young like pretty young for a grandma and she had died of like complications related to uh stomach cancer and like a, a various other things she had a stroke as well and so my friend uh jackie from university she has a grandma who's like 90 but suffering from alzheimer's mm. and i'm like sonny would you want <laughs> would you want your grandmother <laughs> to for to have lived to 90 but have forgotten you or live to live to a, a 65 and have her have been there for your whole life. I hate fucking questions. Like yeah, that. it bothers me because it's like, <laughs> well, you know. What I mean? No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, too, I'm not saying in general. <laughs> I hate those fucking questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's something that came up a lot when I was young. When I was younger, and my grandmother had just died, because so I was like, it's not fair that Jackie's grandmother gets to live to be ninety, and mine died at seven, uh, like a, less than seventy. That's not fair. And I'm like, well, life isn't fair. So I'm like, would you would you want your grandmother to forget you? And I'm like. No. So, but it's still hard to deal with. It's but like, the, at the same time, too, it's like, well, do you think my grandma wants to forget me, mm-hmm. even when she's 90? Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's a thing called quality of life, you yeah, know? It's exactly. like, like, just because people can live to 90... Doesn't mean they should. They should, unless they're absolutely healthy and all there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if, but if they're starting to lose it, then you gotta wonder, right? Like, what's so, good life, yeah. that's why I say I hate questions like that. You don't know what someone's life will be like at 90 or... A hundred, you know? That said, I want to live to be 90. (laughs) Yeah, but anyway, yeah. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, this is the big discussion that comes up because of what Bella and Jack are going through. Like, Mm -hmm. where do you stand in terms of whose belief? And I'm like, you can see both sides. Like, Mm -hmm. Jack wants his loved one to live, and I want, like, uh, I want my loved one to live, too. Like, I want them around all the time. But I'm like, at their expense and their pain. Is that, like, is that good? Like, it mm. builds resentment and such. So I, I really love that they're able to approach it in such a yeah. such a humanistic way. Because they don't take sides. Like, Bella is right, and Jack is right, too. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. I love that. I love that part of the episode. Though I want, like, him to realize that Bella is right. It's her life. Like, mm. she doesn't want to die horribly. Like, give her her chance. But, oh, I'm so sad. Um, so uh, this episode is really Jimmy-focused, and I love it, because Scott Thompson is my favorite kids in the hall, and man, I wish him nothing but good things. Mm. He's so beautiful, I love him. So, the killer this week performed a lobotomy on a person she was treating. First, I want to say that this is the way it is done, as seen on the show, putting the, putting the needle into the eye. It's not called a needle, but it's called something else. And I was looking up some interesting info on this week on, for this week's Under the Table segment, but found out about this dude, which blew my mind because I'd never heard about it. So <laughs> this week's Under the Table True Crime segment. But this week's True Crime segment focuses on the servant girl annihilator, which is his actual name. 
Look it up on mm. Wikipedia. Okay. This killer was also known as the Austin Axe Murderer. The Serving Girl Murders, as they later came to be known, took place between 1884 and 1885 in Austin, Texas, and represents an early example of a serial killer operating in the U.S., three years before Jack the Ripper appeared in London. This case came up while I was searching out information on lobotomies because of the eight known victims of this killer. Because of the six, eight known victims of this killer, six had a sharp object inserted into their ears and presumably had their brains scrambled as a result. The known victims were seven women, five black, two white, and one black man. All eight were attacked while asleep in their beds. Five women were dragged unconscious but still alive and killed outdoors. Three of the victims were mutilated outdoors. All of the victims were posed in a similar manner. According to an article from the New York Times, 400 men were arrested during the course of that year. And Austin elected officials refused to believe that one man or one group of men were responsible for all of the murders. So the African-American community within Austin and some practitioners of voodoo at the time believed that the killer was a white man who had magic powers that enabled him to become invisible as no dogs outside or in fenced in yards adjacent to locations where murders occurred were heard to bark or raise any alarm. But as we've seen, like, dogs can be tempted. <laughs> so mm. there were eyewitness claims from numerous people who had seen, quote fingers, the murderer, mm. but they were often contradictory. The killer was variously reported as to have been a white or dark-complexioned or yellow man wearing la a lamp black, which is suit from oil lamps to conceal his skin color, or a man wearing a Mother Hubbard-style dress, or a man wearing a slouch hat, or a man wearing a hat and a white wig that covered the lower part of his face. There were also reports that the killer worked with an accomplice or belonged to a gang of murderers. William Sidney Porter best known as the short story writer O. Henry, which I found funny, so I love saying that. O. Henry. <laughs> was living in Austin at the time of the murders and coined the name Servant Girl Annihilator in a letter addressed to his friend. He wrote, The town is fearfully dull, except for the frequent raids of the Servant Girl Annihilators, who make things lively in the dull hours of the night. It has been claimed that the Servant Girl Annihilator and Jack the Ripper were the same person, and many American cowboys performing in Wild West shows uh, in Europe were questioned during the Ripper murders. There was also a man of Asian descent who worked as a cook in Austin at the time of the murders, who was suspected as five of the victims lived near where he worked, and the murders stopped shortly after he left town. The TV show History Detectives believed that the killer was an African-American cook named Nathan Elgin, who lived in close close proximity to the crime scenes and had a club foot which was similar to a footprint believed to have been left behind by the killer. Shortly after the last murder, Elgin was shot and killed by police while he was attempting to assault a girl with a knife. The victims of the Servant Girl Annihilator had all been killed with knives. Mm. That's the story of the Servant Girl Annihilator. Who was not Jack the Ripper? I hate those theories. Jack the Ripper was some psycho. <laughs> well, this guy's a psycho too. Was <laughs> he a cute psycho? Just now saw your post. Yeah, I want to get into that. So I, yeah, I saw that. so I saw a cute psycho sweater when I was at Ardeen's earlier, and I was like, man, I should buy it for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> cute because it's on the Sweet it's again. on the shoulder. It's so here. <laughs> but anyway, back to the episode. So you're gonna look like a grip. Like <laughs> a look like gang. Yeah. There we go. So, bee stings are used medicinally, but there is some evidence that they worsen the course of MS, and there are no clinical evidence that bee venom is effective in preventing or treating cancer. 
But I've read that it could help uh, rheumatoid arthritis. But mostly because it's, like, mm. forcing your arm into, like, uh, into growing bigger. So, yeah. Like, don't use beef venom. <laughs> Fun fact, never got stung by a bee, so I have no idea if I'm allergic to that. <laughs> I think they love that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been stung by a bee either. I don't think I've been. I've, I've been stung by I a don't Yeah, I've been stung by a bulldog and a pincher before, but that's about oh, it. Oh, bulldogs are... Oh, they're, they're, they're small. Okay, the bulldog's like, like, they're like it bit me right here. Like, it went through my shirt and bit me right here. And, and the bulldog's like, what? But, well, for the non-Canadian listeners, bulldogs are what we call black flies. I guess they're black flies. Yeah, ones. black flies mm-hmm. in Canada. Like, it's a northern Manitoba thing. Like, we call them bulldogs because, like... Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I probably <laughs> just make it sound like I got bit by a dog. <laughs> Bit by a fly. <laughs> but yeah, bulldog flies are the worst because they, they swarm people. Uh, where I'm from up north in northern Manitoba, mm. I, I grew up in a swampy area, so they're everywhere. Oh, gross. Yeah, so it's like every time you come out, uh, you go swimming, you come out of the water. It's like the worst yeah. when you go swimming and they, you come up from air and they like bite you. So you go back <laughs> in the water and you come up for air. It's, it's, it's a sucky <laughs> cycle. They suck. <laughs> But one of my favorite scenes this episode is when Will is watching himself have the seizure that happened in Hannibal's dining room from last season. Mm. I just love the way that scene looks. Uh, I lied. This was the scariest scene up to now. (laughs) Which scene? Uh, The one where Will is coming out of his jail cell and sees Hannibal uh, and him him having a seizure from last season. (laughs) You remember that scene? Seriously? Yeah, that was pretty scary. The scariest scene for me was like, Up to now! Up to now! (laughs) Didn't we already discuss? We're going to I okay, say, okay, I'll save that for when we reach dead, okay? <laughs> but it was the scariest scene up to now. <laughs> but Because Hannibal looks directly at the, at the at the watching Will while he's talking. And I really love that scene because it's like, he knows he's there. Like, does he? I don't know. <laughs> so, well, it's Will's yeah. memory. So. Yeah. Love that Will is able to be present in that scene like some sort of ghost. That was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah, I, I just like that. Because he's like, he was there. Really, but like in some sort of like uh, uh, sub- uh, unconscious part of his brain, he remembers what happened. Mm. I really thought that was a cool way to portray that. Fun film fact from that scene, actually. Uh, I noticed <laughs> that the, they actually took the exact cut from the episode from when that scene happened and the reason they do that is because most of the time the original film footage and data is gone, so they actually have mm. to pull the color corrected and all that stuff. From the original show. So that's why it's like, if you ever see flashbacks to previous seasons in TV shows, it's because that's all they have is that finished cut Version episode. Of it, yeah. So just. just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed that with, ta- with Taken when we were doing stuff. We had, they actually had to pull the finished cut from a previous episode onto the thing. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, Taken is a show we work on uh, about missing and murdered indigenous women. Watch yeah. it on APTN online. And CBC. Yeah, and CBC. <laughs> But uh, I also think that the stained mattress in Will's prison cell is just from Will's sweaty nightmare. <laughs> you know, ever since you guys discussed that last episode, I noticed that this episode. It was a dirty mattress. <laughs> it was when we spit out my wine. <laughs> you know, I'm Googling Will Graham mattress. <laughs> it's dirty, dirty. Because it has a bunch of stains on it. It's really terrifying. Yeah, this is like beautiful mattresses. <laughs> oh, that's like hold on, I'm trying to find it. Will Graham Hannibal mattress. Nothing's coming. That would be hard to find it on Google. There's probably like a Tumblr about it. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
I love, I, one of the most random bits of the show that made me laugh the hardest was when Will, Will's face, when he realizes what was in Hannibal's food. Yeah, I made a note about that too. Will realizing he's eaten people. people one yeah. of my fave, what the fuck moments. Like, he's just like, he just realized and he just remembers taking that bite of that delicious breakfast. And, the show, and Hannibal watching him and smiling, like. Is the scene of Hannibal's face in the flashback. Yeah, right? <laughs> Like he ate like, he knew. It was just so funny. Like, like it, it didn't take anything away from the horror of that scene, but it was still pretty funny. Yeah, I think like, I think it's just because you and me know what's coming, so it's just all the more like. <laughs> well, it was a co- like I remember the first time I saw it, and I'm like, duh! Like, of course it's people. Like, where is he taking his trophies? The edible parts he's taking from these corpses, Will. Mm. Follow the logic. <laughs> uh, but the bee lady is played by Honey Bunny from Pulp Fiction, who I love. Amanda Palmer. Mm-hmm. I know I said I didn't see Pulp Fiction, but I've seen the Tim Roth scenes of Pulp Fiction. Well, yeah, everyone's seen the famous scenes of yeah. Pulp Fiction. She's got to fucking execute every last one of those people in there. Yeah. <laughs> But I also like that her discussion about putting people out of out of their pain, but leaving them as empty shells that aren't even human anymore, mm. forces Jack to look at what he may be putting Bella through. Like I guess I, it's the whole point of the this, scene, uh, yeah. of this oh, B yeah. storyline. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen the face changes instead. I wish I know you liked it. But I get it. Yes, it took me a second. <laughs> But I really, really like that part because it's like you can. The camera focuses entirely on Jack while she's telling her story about mm. what she, why she did this, and it's just really amazing to me because he realizes this is what I'm putting Bella through. Like, do I want? Like again, do I want her to be this person being mm. only alive because of morphine? It's just like uh, it's just a cool thing. Maybe I'm putting too much words into Jack's mouth, but I really like that scene. No, like that's really good too. Like I like uh, stuff like that because it's also. Um, and I'm going into filmmaker mode, is you don't have to do much. All they did was a, a push-in, a close-up. Very on slow close-up on his face. Yeah. And then you know as the viewer, as you're listening, he's also really listening. And mm-hmm. it's just, you can see the thinking, thinking behind the eyes. And I'm just like, good job. <laughs> good filmmaking. <laughs> so we come to the part of the show where I wanted to hunt down Hannibal myself and kill him. It's the scene with Bella in Hannibal's office. So Bella had made peace with herself and was ready to die after overdosing on all the morphine she had. And I was okay with it because I knew that this was her choice. Mm. Like, she's going to die on her own terms. Even though Hannibal kind of planted that yeah, seed. Yeah, kind of planted that seed. So when Hannibal brings her back after deciding on doing so by flipping a coin that she gave him. Yeah, I wrote here, fucker flipped a coin. <laughs> <laughs> How was the cruelest thing on this show that he, the cruelest thing that he's ever done is letting someone live? That's the cruelest thing he's yeah, ever done on the show. Exactly. I remember me and Angel No Relation on Twitter were talking about this because I told her that this was at the time I hated Hannibal the most was when he let her live, and she's like, "Don't you think it's weird that the cruelest thing you consider he did on this show was that he let her live?" And I'm like, "Cause she's a cruel man in general." Yeah, <laughs> it was just like, like, cause I remember that, like, the second she wakes up and tells him, like, "No." Like, you brought me back. Like, she, well, she didn't say that, but, like, no. Like, just the mm-hmm. no on her face that, like, he brought her back and he thought that, she thought that he would let her go. Because he, like, they had spoken about it. But, mm-hmm. again, like, he could justify that because he's a doctor and the Hippocratic Oath and all that. Like, do no harm. But I'm like, she told you in confidence that she wanted to go. And, oh, <laughs> 
But I do like that he at least his probably his his want was to want his favor, not for like any like not none not of for that, glory, none of that bullshit. It was just more like Hannibal's one of those people. He likes the control in mm -hmm. the room, and her doing that, he, he had no control over it. So, but bringing her back puts the ball back in his court. Mm -hmm. But he still was like, eh, flip a coin. All right then. <laughs> so, well, like he still, had to, yeah, he still had to do it, but he's it was it's what he wanted was yeah. to, and he could justify it in that it would keep Jack distracted from what he's doing. That too, yeah. Like, it's all very calculated stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, okay, what's the good points of this? Jack is distracted by his dying wife. He's not noticing this. Uh, as it comes up later, Bev is not in the... Uh, Jack is not in his office when Bev comes to tell him about what Hannibal is doing. And so that saves his ass. Without him knowing it, saves his ass because she can't tell him, like, hey, I'm going to Hannibal's house to break in and tell him, like, uh, see if he has anything there. <laughs> So I wonder what she was going to tell him. Like, I've been talking to Will Graham. I've been thinking that he's been telling me Hannibal's a killer this whole time. I'm starting to believe him. So I'm going to go over there and break into his house. <laughs> I honestly think, had he been there, she would have done something similar in the past, which is uh, when whenever his, you know, his team has come to him, had a hunch, he would say, well, if I, you know, don't see and hear about you doing it's it. It's not illegal. It's not illegal and, you know, mm. whatever, like, even though, she does, even though she does a full-on B&E, you know. <laughs> she parks <laughs> the resume. Breaking and entering. But, yeah, I was just like, yeah, yeah, it probably would have happened anyway, one way or another, so. But, uh, so. But Bella slapping him. Oh, yeah. Best scene in the show. Yeah. I bet he was regretting not killing her after that. <laughs> so, but we also see, like, okay, in addition to that being the best scene in anything I'd ever seen in my life, <laughs> like, she, like, we also see how much of a front Bella had been putting up in terms of her strength, because mm. she takes everything she has to slap the hell out of him, and then she, like, immediately falls over coughing, and I'm like, oh, man. She's my hero. Yeah, she was just like, <laughs> whoa. I remember when that first happened, I was like, yeah, take that, Bitterman. <laughs> <laughs> It's like she's the only one who's gotten like a legit hit on him. Like yeah. that's like up until the end of the show when we find out that they got beaten up. But so like yeah. she is the only one okay, in the universe, she's the only one that's that's taken him on and lived. But because she's so gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. But because she's gonna die, but still like, ooh, ooh, can I tell my funny story? Oh sorry. <laughs> Stop hitting the table. Sorry. <laughs> but can I tell my funny story because of that? Okay, go ahead. Yes. I told you earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um I was watching this episode, doing my notes, and that came up, and I was like, I wonder what that feels like to get slapped. Like, I have been slapped before, <laughs> but it was, um, disciplinary? Anyway. Oh, um, oh, <laughs> anyway. No. So, but no, I thought, what would it feel like as an adult, you know, like, to get in a, like, get in a little scrap and just, anyway. So I was lying in bed after dinner, resting my tummy, and, uh, my husband was like, can as I you do. <laughs> yeah, as you do. And my husband was like, can I play with your phone? Because he's still deciding whether to get, uh, an iPhone, uh, 7S. Anyway. So he's holding it. He's trying to do all this stuff, like... Because he holds it like this in bed and whatever. And then he, like, slipped out of his hand and, and it bounced. <laughs> oh. So the corner of my phone whacked me right on the oh, bridge of the no. nose. <laughs> I was <laughs> fine. <laughs> <type of> pain. <laughs> but I just like the idea, like, just moments ago, I put it out in the universe. What would it be like <laughs> to get smacked in and the, the answer, face? universe answered. And the universe answered. So <laughs> be careful what you project in well, the this universe, is, this kids. This reminded me of when me and uh, uh, JJ were editing a season one episode where we're like, what would it be like to get tased? <laughs> you ever wonder that? Oh, God. <laughs> that is not 
something I wonder about. <laughs> it's like, it reminded me of an episode of Corner Gas where uh, Hank wanted to be tased, so he kept trying to prove to the cops how how, how he would handle it, so he was licking batteries. <laughs> so, like, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, like, what you, like, said kind of reminds me, like, you know, I guess everybody has, like, sort of, like, a bucket list of, like, things <laughs> they want to try. Like, I always wanted to throw my drink at somebody. <laughs> so I was so oh, yeah, like, yeah, like, how dare you? How dare you? Or, like, give someone, like, a nice, solid slap on the cheek. Not mm. not too hard, but at least, like, make that noise. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, real just... Yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> well, because she, um, she legit, like, if she had a closed fist, she would have knocked him out. Like, that was the best, because she's still, like, his face, yeah. like, he's surprised by it. That was the best part, because he did not expect that at all. I was like, yeah! And from an actor point of view, I'm very curious, did she actually hit him? I think or she is, probably did. Or was it, like, one of those where, you know, the actor moved with it, so it looks like it's got more force mm. behind it than it actually does? Because she had some fucking force behind it, yeah. She's like, mm, like, oh, that's, you know, that's... Mads is used to getting smacked around, but I'm just wondering. <laughs> well, okay, look it up. I'll look it up right now. But yeah, like that whole scene, because like, um, the worst part about it is the part I hated is that Hannibal was waiting for her to wake up, because uh, yeah. I think that the Jack wanted to be like, well, he saved your life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he saved your life. Bella slap. You douche. <laughs> What does Sonny say? Douche. But, but I also, yeah, I bet, yeah, he, I bet you he wanted to be there when she woke up. Cause he's he like, just, yeah. Cause, you know, Hannibal's a fucking psychopath and he wanted, he's, he, a cruel he's curious. Person. He's curious, yeah, how would you have felt? I want to see that anger. Though I'm sure he wasn't anticipating the Sorry, slap. But yeah, like, I'll bet he was just like, I wonder what she's going to think. And then sure enough. He did not expect that. Yeah. Was so it was awesome, though. Yes. I guess for once he was probably like, I probably deserve that. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere else in his life, he was like, eh. But there he was, like, I could be wrong, but I honestly swear to God, like, I think, think he, he probably angry? actually thought, he like, he got angry, but not really. She's going to die anyway. Yeah, He's not justifiably. Like, he was just like, eh. Yeah, I deserve that. I thought he was going to eat her when she died in his office. Like, I wrote yeah. some notes here. I was like, what, wait, what is, where is it? I was like, oh, um. Is she dying? Holy shit. She's getting pillar. Oh my god. Please don't eat her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be kind of, hmm. Because she probably has it written somewhere that she went to go see him. Oh. <laughs> Maybe in an appointment book or something. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. Or, or he has it written somewhere that she's coming to his office, so... I don't, I don't know. I feel like that'd be risky. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, uh, uh, I'm showing them a picture of uh, of uh, Gina Torres and Mads Mikkelsen rehearsing the scene. I think it was one of those cases where he went with it and okay. actually hit him. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Right, she would have popped his ear I was going to say, because it looks like a freaking powerful slap. But yeah, okay, if he it, moves yeah. with it, then it's, okay. It. Plus, it's a union thing, too. You really have to rehearse anytime actors come in contact with each other with any kind of type of force. You gotta take it down, yeah. Yeah, like, I had to I had to write in detail how my two actors were gonna bump into each other while jogging. <laughs> it's like, it's like do the, is there gonna be a mat on the ground, or is there gonna be a thing? Are they gonna, pra- like, you know, and I was like, they're just bumping into each other. <laughs> and so that's what I wrote, actually, on the actor forms. But then it turns out she actually does bump and fall. We did put something there for her to land on, but still, I was like, oh, okay, I see why. I guess if anything, for whatever reason, they bump too hard. <laughs> well, it's a classic manga move. Yeah. Yes. So look at and see, it's just repeat on repeat, but still, like, he uh, fucking hates him. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to discuss this whole whole That gif is life. It's a YouTube clip, but still, I'm like, and they're playing um, Sweet Dreams Are Made of These over the video, but I turned it down, so. But I'm like, that was like my favorite part of the episode. It's still one of my favorite things in the show. 
But it was a total mood whiplash about what follows next, which mm. is when <gasps> Bev goes to the house. Uh, so I don't want to talk about the ending. Not only do we see Bev going to tell Jack about her suspicions about Hannibal, but we go from the total beautiful fuck you Hannibal scene where Bella slaps Hannibal to that no fuck Hannibal scene where he appears in the basement when Bev finds his true face. And the first time I saw the scene, I was fucking pissed. (laughs) My Twitter post for that night was just, what? Hashtag Hannibal. And I think much of the fandom at that time was pissed too. Because Bev is a much beloved fan character and I know that Hannibal, when Hannibal decides to kill you, you you're not getting away. And so I remember seeing that and I'm like, no! So I was terrified the whole time. I wasn't generally scared when I saw like, like the light came on and Hannibal's was like there. standing right there. It was so scary and I feared for Beverly and it ended that way. Yeah, because it's like the fucking shot where Bev turns on the lights and he's standing Any there in the stairwell. Her only way out. Just watching her. And she turns after realizing she's being watched. I fucking screamed the first time I saw that scene, <laughs> and he kills the lights and runs off because it's just a change. Oh, in his didn't mind. he like grab something? No, he no, uh, he, he just he, knocked. He, he turned shits. off the lights. Oh, yeah. I thought he like grabbed like a weapon and he's going for her because he throws his hand to the side, turns off the lights, and runs. To the oh side. God, it's so creepy. And I, I, like, there's the change in mannerism scared me because he goes from poised to a fucking animal in two, like not even a second, and it was just the scariest thing I'd ever seen. This is the scariest part of the episode. <laughs> Um, it seems like this that reminds you that Hannibal is is truly terrifying. Like mm. I, I like that they mm-hmm. they keep them in the back of their minds. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, that they they don't let you forget that he's not what he says he is. Mm. Um, and uh, and uh, Sonia and I were talking about uh, uh, before we started recording. What is Beverly looking at? Yeah, they what never, did she uh, see? I've noticed uh, even though we watched the show and I've gone combed through you know Tumblr posts and fandom. As far as I know, no one's been able to answer so what she looking, what she's looking at, what she sees. What it she doesn't saw. answer in the next episode. I was no. kind of hoping for. That. It never gets answered, actually. What she, what made her say, "Oh my god!" Do you, think you know, never like, mind the whole freaking you know butcher shop of a basement. But well, like, what be, like, she, what she's human looking at. remains. So she, That's the only thing I was so thinking. That was my best guess. Like, if it's just remains. meat, maybe she would have thought it was just like you know, like meat for his food. But if it's like, if it's actually a human, then like, you know that's she. Freak out. It's, mm-hmm. like, understandable. Yeah, because she doesn't know that the thing she pulls out of the fridge is a is a human kidney. Like, yeah. it could be something else. Mm-hmm. It could be cow. And I, But I like that they don't tell you what it is. Because it's, like, you can imagine the worst fucking thing that he has in there. Because it is essentially a slaughterhouse. In yeah, that. she looks so terrified. Yeah, because she knows, like, Will was right. Will was, uh, like... Because I pulled up the scene on YouTube just now. Hold on, let me see. But I'm always proud that she got off a few shots. Before that was she, awesome. Uh, and that's the last thing you see was uh, the fucking bullets <laughs> through the floor. I was like... I have no idea what happens in the next episode. That's what, like, unfortunate role I play in this podcast. Is being you don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You guys know. I have no idea. It's interesting. I'll say that. Oh, no. Yeah, because she... Here's, here's the scene where she's... Like, it's it's not in good quality. <gasps> she, she turns on the light. Oh. Zoom in. Full focus. There he is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Scary. Um, 
And that same music plays and that scared you guys earlier. Oh, again. I know. Like, that's <laughs> why I was so effective. But yeah, I was talking to Kira the first time this ep- the first time this episode aired. Kira, uh, who is Roratorio on Twitter, Kira and I were discussing the scene because like that scene affected a lot of people where he just runs. Mm. Like, cause he's on his home turf. He knows where everything is. Mm. Like, it reminded me of that scene in Silence of the Lambs where uh, Clarice is uh, in Buffalo Bill's basement and he kills the lights and he has uh, he has night vision goggles. Mm. I'm like, that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, ooh, it's scary. But yeah, I hated the cliffhanger of that. The, to go from Bev, uh, to go from Bella slapping the hell out of him to him murdering Bev is no. the worst. <laughs> we don't know that. No. Why'd you spoil it, man? I you just said it. They don't show. The, the episode doesn't end that way. All you see is him finding her. You hear gunshots, and then that's it. He knows! <laughs> but, that, no, but I'm just saying, in the context of the show, and someone who hasn't seen the show, you just spoiled it for her. It's that, that glimpse of hope that she was fine, or at least fought her way off. Now you just freaking out of man. I knew. Well, just like you said earlier, it's either Hannibal versus someone else, and it's always Hannibal who lose. Okay, but still, like, there was probably a glimmer of hope in her, and now it's gone. Oh my god! I apologize. I'm so heartbroken. (laughs) But he, he he obviously did something. Mm. (laughs) But anyway, we're near the end of the show. (laughs) We're near the end of the show, and everybody's depressed now. (laughs) And this wine doesn't (laughs) at all. (laughs) But it was one of the worst episodes because yeah, it goes from the emotions are up and down. Yeah, it's like intense emotions. And then the episode ends like that. I'm like, oh. and we have okay, we're on episode four. We have like <laughs> so eight much more to go. Episodes yeah. more to go. What the hell else is gonna happen? It gets worse. But enjoy. <laughs> it's a fun ride. <laughs> I am enchanted and terrified. I'm already tired. <laughs> Alright. But that was hardly a spoiler. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It's the wine talking. <laughs> but what was the best and worst parts of this episode? I think we all know. <laughs> uh, there's so many in this episode. Like, favorite, for sure, Bella slapping Hannibal. Yes. Mm. yes. I think we all agree that's the best part of this yeah. episode. Yes. Hands down. <laughs> Least favorite? You keep um, saying how, you know, yeah, the last scene is the scariest. But I still don't like the the like the person that lady like the pastel queen lady <laughs> took the um, like she put something in that the guy's eye. Oh, the yeah. oh god, yeah. I was so tense. Like that's how it was really there. Like, you yeah. saw me. Yeah. <laughs> like like oh. <laughs> anything involving eyes because the way the lobotomy works is they stick it through here. <laughs> so gross. And they scramble things around. I, I, I did not. I was not happy during that scene. Oh, so like, no, the last scene of Beverly. Like, I love her. Goodbye, sweet love. But, uh, but yeah, probably. Well, you know what? It's a tie between uh, yeah, Hannibal getting slapped, and um, probably uh, Hannibal flipping that coin. Because there's so many mixed emotions you in that. I love that scene. I both love it and hate it. Like yeah. it just it defines Hannibal. I think a really good way of what 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 that man is all about. <laughs> <laughs> but also, yeah, like, <laughs> but I'd say probably least favorite uh, is just, uh, unfortunately, the whole uh, bee lady storyline. The bee storyline. <laughs> the bee, the bee storyline. Like, it's it's cool. Like, I get why it's there. It's um, kind of helps the story along a little bit. But we could have done without it. But whatever. Uh, best part, 
Bella being uh, Bella being slapped. Bella slapping Hannibal, <laughs> which is my favorite part of this. Everything like whenever Hannibal gets terrible, I'm like, oh yeah, Bella Crawford beat your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, least favorite part. Um, yeah, the B storyline. Even though I did like how Jimmy Price was allowed to shine, but it was like. It wasn't needed. Yeah. Like, because this episode is really heavy in terms of uh, Bev's storyline, uh, Bella's storyline, Jack's storyline. It was just so good. And I'm like, when when, the, when those parts were happening, it just felt out of place. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, we need a killer of the week. Mm. Yeah. And, like, she doesn't even do anything. She's like, okay, I'm going. Like, I, I killed those guys. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, we come to the end of the show. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram and Tumblr at Satuma, S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H. And you can find me on Twitter and Tumblr as JJ Neeps. And you can find me on Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. And you can find me at Honey-Child on Tumblr, Honey underscore Child on Twitter, Saronic Nanu on Instagram. And you can find Hannibal Sornia Bocci on Twitter as HHBocci, on Tumblr as Hannibal Sornia Bocci, and Instagram as the same. And email at HannibalSornyBocci at gmail.com. And I'm sorry for kind of spoiled. <laughs> but you know, he, he doesn't let people get away. <laughs> he doesn't let people get away. So sad. <laughs> okay, but uh, like I remember the week between these, this episode and the next one, that was the worst week of my life. <laughs> Just to find out what happened. It's like, no! No! I kind of don't want to start the next episode. I know, I don't want to start it either, because I'm like... Just hold a sliver of hope that she got away. Just like, oh, okay, that's it. That's the end of Hannibal. Beverly lives. She runs off with Will because he got off for some reason. They become best friends. They live on an island. They have a bunch of dogs. (laughs) They make nachos. But this show is terrible. (laughs) No more sad. Let's go get some more wine. (laughs) But we'll see you next week once we gather our strength to watch the next episode. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.